the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's edition of Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I am your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Today, guys, hold on, listen up. Today's going to be a show that... uh, Make it me, make it me in a little trouble, <laughs> Doug. I think I think we're gonna get in trouble today, Doug, um, because you're already in trouble in other places, John. No, that's true. That's you're true. already in trouble that's in other true. places because because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about some stuff. It's gonna be some tough. It's gonna be. We're gonna have a family. Let's have a family talk. How about that? How about is, is that safe to say, Doug? I got my hot chocolate. Let's All right, go. Sounds good. But today I'm really excited about who's joining the show today as guest co-host. Um, some of you may know him, some of them you may not know him, but I, in my opinion, uh, this individual is leading the hottest, uh, most up-and-coming um, um, Republican club in the state of Illinois. They are getting things done. They are awakening, um, I believe, Republicans up in the, in the city of Chicago as well as in the county of Cook. And, and don't destroy me if I get this last name right, because you know I'm a butcher of last names. But welcome to the show, Black and Right family, Matt Pagorski. Matt, welcome to Black and Right. Thanks, John. No, you got the name perfect. Well done. <laughs> well, done. well, you know I butchered it a lot at the um, debate, so I, I, I've, been, I've really been studying and, and really taking my time to figure out how to get that enunciation out right. <laughs> I appreciate that. I so, appreciate that. So Thanks Matt, for having me on. No problem. So I, I really believe, I, and I believe what I just said. I really believe there, there's a couple of people that do it right. My buddy out there in Palatine, Aaron Del Mar, uh, my girl down in uh, Effingham County, Susan. And I really believe you guys know what you're doing when it comes to trying to take back this state. Tell the people about who who is Matt Pogorski. Podgorski. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it's not that exciting, John, but I appreciate the nice introduction. Um, so I've been involved in politics uh, on and off since 1996. You and I have crossed paths fairly recently in the last, you know, four or five years. Yes. Uh, and I, I started, I think what, what you're referring to is uh, my involvement is uh, starting and founding this Northwest Side GOP Club. And uh, that organization began in 2016. Uh, it's up on the northwest side of Chicago and the neighboring suburbs. Um, also got a background uh, working for different uh, consumer packaged goods companies over the last 20 years, uh, and I spent a, a decade teaching political science at Northeastern. So had my hands dipped in a couple of different areas, uh, but uh, as far as this show is concerned, I think uh, one of the reasons you brought me on is my work within the Republican Party yes. and uh, sort of general political knowledge after having uh, the pleasure of teaching over at Northeastern Illinois. So I do appreciate you being on, and 
I think you and I make a good team. We did a great job over at the uh, at that Senate uh, debate we had at St. Monica's. Uh, what was that a month or two? ago? Yeah, and I, I, I definitely enjoyed myself. So I, I told you as soon as we we both had the time, when especially when if you had the time, I wanted to get you on as soon as possible because I really think that what you guys are doing over there in the northwest side uh, of Chicago is um, it's an amazing feat. Though I mean, you got you guys have a lot of young rising stars. I think when you I just saw that the Chicago GOP also. Um, develop a new leadership team. So I'm sure that's going to be a lot coming out of the uh, the city of Chicago. And, 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 and I really believe this. If we could ever wake up the sleeping giants that are in the city of Chicago and in Cook County, I really believe that we can really do a lot of damage throughout this state as far as bringing it back to some solvency. Would you agree? Absolutely. Um, not a lot of folks know. You know, I know Dan Prof shares it uh, occasionally on the radio. John, you, you may or may not know this, but you know, I'm I'm a numbers guy, big time. Yeah. Um, and you know, for the folks listening that that don't live in the Chicago area, you probably bang your head against the wall and scratch your head if you're a Republican and and wonder, you know, why is it so hard for for candidates to be competitive statewide as Republicans in Illinois? And it, believe it or not, there's a pretty strong mathematical formula uh, that's proven as to how many votes you need in Chicago to be to win statewide. And can you take a guess, John, what percentage of the vote you would need in Chicago to to be competitive statewide in Illinois? Is this Chicago and Cook County? Because I know it's somewhere in the Chicago, just Chicago proper, just Chicago proper. The the 2.7 million people in Chicago and shrinking by the week. Uh, I know the number for for, for Cook County is 20, 22 percent. Is Chicago lower or higher? So so you only need 20 percent of Chicago voters to vote Republican to be competitive statewide. Uh, and Bruce Rauner was able to get that uh, when he yeah. when he ran in 2014. He got 20 and a half percent of the vote. Uh, it doesn't sound that hard, but then put it in perspective. And uh, Donald Trump got 12 percent of the vote, a little wow. over 12 percent of the vote. Uh, and so it's not that easy. But but that's really, you know, part of part of the goal has to be of any Republican movement in Chicago proper is to get to that magic number. You're never going to get, you know, 15 or 20 Republican aldermen in Chicago out of the 50 that you have to be realistic. That's not going to happen. But what you've got to do. And I think, I think what you realize and people that, that pay attention realize is you can't completely abdicate a presence in Chicago. Yes, you can't. And even if you can't win seats in Chicago, whether in the city council or state rep, you still have to have a presence and you have to show your flag. If you don't, that 20% number becomes impossible to hit. That's true. It gets down to the point where there's so few Republicans that people just become conditioned to be Democrats. And, and the other thing is it really deters donors. Uh, you, you mentioned we're doing things right. We're doing things right. In my opinion, some of those things we're doing right is we're giving donors a reason to believe. The Republican Party's apparatus statewide, is, uh, I think everyone will agree, is suffering from a little bit of atrophy uh, because we relied on a couple of mega donors yes, over sure. the last decade, right? And, yep. and you ran, you were a state rep, right? You know how it is. It's, yes. the, our Rolodex isn't as deep as it is in the Democratic Party side. So sure. you've got to give us something to believe in and something to fight for. And for starters, you have to have a candidate on the ballot to be able to go to a donor and say, we'd like some money to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, who's running for Congress? Nobody. Right. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it kind of ends the conversation quickly. So getting decent candidates on the ballot, even if you don't think you can win, and kind of showing the flag gives some hope, and it gives donors a reason to get involved, and volunteers a reason, you know, a reason to get involved. 
Yeah, and, 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 and I think I think when you look over in Will County with um, Chairman um, um, George Pearson, who's actually going to be a, a guest co-host tonight on um, Eyes Right Eyes Wide Open, he's going to be a guest um, co-host tonight. Uh, so tune into that later tonight on AM560, The Answer. He's doing it right, too. He gets it. That's why one of the things he's trying to do, he's trying to plug a warm body and, and, and have a contested race in every single uh, if, if it's if, if it's for dog catcher, he wants somebody to be running in that seat against somebody. And but but you know, from, from when you look at that from a, a, a as a whole in this in the city, especially in the city of Chicago, it's so expensive, right? And isn't that a lot of, of what why a lot of people really don't want to go in and tackle the problem that Chicago and Cook County? Yeah, that's a big part of it. It's overwhelming. It's it's uh, it's demoralizing. Um, you know, it's expensive to get on the air here. But then you've got these districts, state representative districts here in Chicago, where a Republican, if they ran, would get 10 percent of the vote. Right. And, you know, I don't think necessarily that's the play either. I don't think you need to necessarily start by running candidates there. You can. I don't think there's any harm in it. But our approach has been where we're up in the northwest side of Chicago is Let's say your district is uh, traditionally 60% Democrat, 40% Republican. In the past, Republicans don't even try for those seats. The mentality was if you cannot win uh, or you're not you know, somewhat likely to win, don't bother running. Right. And I, I think there's a problem with that. I, I think, again, I think you have a lot of folks here then who just don't want to get involved in volunteer and donate. But if you've got 40% Republican, why not give it a try? What happens if the Democrat stumbles and falls? You know, there used to be a time where DuPage County was like that. Districts in DuPage County were 60% Democrat, 40% Republican. But Mike Madigan kept plugging along. Come on. Come, that's uh, my point. He, he kept plugging along and plugging along and plugging on. Then demographics changed. Uh, same thing in Lake County. And the next thing you know, those 60-40s are 55-45. That's it. And then, boom, a big blue wave came because of anti-Trump sentiment. And next thing you know... Lake County is now blue, and DuPage County has, I think, six or seven uh, board members that are Democrats. So that's, that's, that's the mentality is be ready to go. Be ready to strike. And develop you know a bench. We, we, we really Thank like, you. What I love about what you're doing over there and what George Pearson is doing out there and Aaron Delmar, they are developing benches for our people. But, you know, but, you know, and but. <laughs> we're totally getting off subject with what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> Doug's in there laughing, but you know, I'm, I'm going to have a few um, uh, people, state representatives uh, from all over the country today, because I want to have a conversation about how states are handling what they're doing with this COVID response. Uh, I'm going to up next. We're going to be talking with uh, Montana state representative, John Fuller, who's actually a Wheaton, a former Wheaton resident. And we're going to be talking about, you know, what's happening in, you, no, he's Montana. He's Montana. He's Montana. He's Montana. So, um, and we're going to be talking with uh, State Representative Mike Huskarik from Pennsylvania, and I'm excited about talking with Darren, State Representative Dan Bailey, uh, and State Representative John Cabello. We're going to have a, a rocking good time, Matt. I, I really believe um, people tune in, share the feed. You'll be, we'll be right back. You're listening to Black and Right on AM Five Six to the Answer. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I am your host, John Anthony, live in studio. So you know what you need to do? Go to the page, the Black and Right Facebook page, share this link, give it a like, give it a follow, 
and let's have a great conversation. Let's have a great show today. Joining me um, as guest co-host today is Matt Podgorski. Matt Pods. I'm going to call you Pods, man. Is that okay? I like that better, John. All right. I like that a lot better. All right, Pods. Pods. Hey, I got another nickname. Score one for... Can I, can I call you John Tony then? That's, go ahead, baby. Go ahead. John Tony? Okay. All right. I've been called worse. <laughs> But, you know, Matt, Matt, I mean, you and I, we've both been following what's happening here in the state of Illinois uh, as far as the COVID response. Uh, I've been looking out uh, amongst the entirety of the United States of America. And the other night I was having a conversation with uh, a good friend uh, from the Illinois walkaway movement, Dave Tomek. And Dave said, hey, John, I got somebody who I think you may need to talk to. He said, "Uh, this guy. He's a Montana state rep. He's a coach. He's a Vietnam vet. I'm, 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 I'm going to lay it the way he said it. He's a Vietnam vet, a mountain man teacher, and is still a rock, all at the tender age of 73. Coach, vet, Vietnam vet, state representative John Fuller, welcome to Black and Right. Well, thank you, Mr. Anthony, for uh, having me, and thank you for the generous uh, uh, introduction. Uh, I am uh, actually... Uh, uh, more likely to be known as old gray because I'm old, fat, weak, and slow nowadays. Uh, my, my producer is in there dying laughing right now. <laughs> uh, no, no offense, sir. No offense. <laughs> but, uh, guys, guys like to quote movie lines, and one of my favorite movies is from an old Clint Eastwood movie uh, where he says, a man's got to know his limitations. There it and, is. Uh, <laughs> I, I have uh, taken that to heart. <laughs> but uh, uh, just a quick segue uh, for those, uh, your listeners and for those of my might be former students. I taught school at Wheaton Central and Wheaton Warrenville South High School for 25 years, mm-hmm. retiring from there in 1995, and then uh, uh, went back to the land of my grandfather and great grandfather here in Montana. Oh, right. Uh, taught school for a few more years and then became full time active politically, uh, was a congressional uh, field director and uh, whatever, and then. They, uh, my former students and their parents decided to punish me and elected me <laughs> to the Montana House of Representatives. Uh-oh. That sounds like a lot. Are you, yeah. guys, are you guys in session right now? No. Okay. Uh, Montana is one of the few states. Uh, we only have a 90-day session every two years. Oh. And uh, so we won't be in session again until 2021, January 2021. And at the end of the 90-day session, uh, the but we have to leave with a balanced budget okay. it is mandated by the Constitution. Same what here a, in Illinois, but we don't do it. Same here in Illinois, but we don't yeah. follow that um, constitutional amendment. So yeah. I, I'm looking at the case mm-hmm. numbers of, of, of the COVID, the coronavirus. Right now in Montana, they're saying you guys have 445 confirmed cases, 14 deaths, 339 of, of those confirmed have recovered. Wow. And I get, I get exactly. the reason. Are you guys open? Has your governor opened back up uh, Montana? Or is he still, uh, you guys still under the shelter in place? He says uh, we are uh, going to be allowed to uh, reopen uh, partially, uh, start the process uh, next Monday. Uh, but, uh, of course, the idea that there are, uh, uh, you know, there are 56 counties in Montana and over 40 of them didn't have any cases at all. Uh, I believe. And, uh, you know, so the old story uh, is that uh, uh, fear is uh, an opportunity to uh, irrationally respond uh, where ration- rationality is needed. Uh, uh, and, of course, uh, 
destroying businesses by the and uh, engendering unemployment uh, by the millions is just inconceivable. Uh, uh, to use a word from an old one of my favorite movie, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> inconceivable. Uh, but anyway. When, you know, I, uh, when I used to teach in my classes that the desire to be safe often suppresses the need to be free. And uh, there is no greater example of that than our current response. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm i old enough that, uh, you know, I stopped buying green bananas quite a few years ago. Uh, but I remember in 1968, we had what was known as the Hong Kong flu. Now, yep. I suppose that's racist to call it that. It's real technical science name was H3N2. Right. More than 100,000 Americans died from that flu. And, of course, you try, try finding information on that from the current press and media of 1968, yeah, which was right. a tumultuous year, uh, regarding, uh, of course, the death of Martin Luther King, the ensuing riots, the death of Robert Kennedy, uh, uh, the uh, Chicago uh, uh, Democrat National Convention, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but at the same time, 100,000 Americans were dying of this flu. Uh, what is the current casualties of the uh, uh, cor- cor- coronavirus uh, death yet? Right. What, one-fourth of that. Correct. Correct. And, hey, Coach, and when you look at it, the way they're counting the, um, the coronavirus deaths, um, I, I, you, you have to put an asterisk by the name, by the number, because, I mean, they're basically, anybody that's dying right now, they're, they're classifying them as coronavirus deaths. And I think that's a little disingenuous. Matt, go ahead. If they, yeah, if they tested positive. Hey, John, this is Matt Podgorski from Chicago. Th- thanks for coming on. It's really a pleasure to meet you, and thank you for your service. Um, you know, I'm curious in Montana, what's the general public opinion of the level of reaction? Does the general public feel like this is an overreaction? Because I will tell you from experience here in Illinois, um, the, the folks don't think that the government's overreacting. I certainly do, and I have my opinions, but I'm curious to hear what, what the Montanans think. Well, I, I guess in a certain degree, uh, you know, you are who you associate with. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yes, uh, uh, I think that the, uh, um, the general consensus was in the beginning, uh, that, that the shutdown was necessary. Uh, but then again, people are beginning, I, 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 I perceive in a pers- particularly in this County that I live in Flathead County, which is, a, uh, West of, uh, uh, the, the divide, uh, that we've been lied to. We've been lied to about the, uh, and, and it may about have been deliberate lies. Uh, we, we've been lied to by the uh, medical authorities uh, nationwide. You know, there's an old uh, cliche or metaphor uh, that when you are a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. Uh, and when you are a medical specialist and you are looking to eradicate a particular medical problem, you are not concerned about what lengths you have to go to to eradicate that problem. True. And the medical authorities are correct in that to eradicate uh, the coronavirus, uh, these drastic measures are necessary. But medical authorities are not responsible for the welfare of all Americans. And that's why Amen. decisions such as these should not be made by medical or, uh, authorities or bureaucratic specialists alone. That's why we elect leaders 
both at the state and the national level to take a more uh, a balanced approach as to what's good for America, what's good for Americans, and the policy needed. And it's just like uh, I used to tell my history students uh, that no president is going to determine a nation's foreign policy over the lives of several hundred people. Wow. Hold on, hold on. If, if you're just joining us, we're talking to State Representative John Fuller from Montana. Go ahead. Yeah, no, okay. John, and, I wanted to ask, this is Matt again. It, 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 it seems like they, they lose perspective, these, these medical experts, right? You know, I kind of joke around with folks and I say, if you put up a statistic on the news every single day that, and we have one minute left, it looks like, um, if you put a, a statistic up on the news every single day, that shows every time a uh, somebody dies in a car crash on the highway, and you do that every single day, and it was wall-to-wall coverage. We would ban highways, and we would just we would eliminate it. The speed limit would be 35 miles an hour. It it seems to me like there's got to be some perspective and context put into this crisis, and I don't really see enough of it. And I was wondering what your take so is. You on got that, 30 John, seconds. To, you have 30 seconds to answer that, um, Representative. He's exactly correct. And that is why our elected political leaders need to be in charge of making decisions about uh, the best, what is best for the country, for the best for the economy, best for national defense, and best for our health, and not specialists, because wow. the specialists will never be held accountable. That's political it. leaders can be and will be. There you have and it. I thank you so much. And go Tigers from <laughs> There you have it. State Representative John Fuller from Montana. Thanks so much for joining Black and Right. Matt, those were some great questions, brother. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking with State Representative Mike Poskarek from Pennsylvania. Uh, we got a lot, lot more. Uh, still looking for uh, State Representative Darren Bailey to come on and talk about the lawsuit that he filed against the Pritzker administration. You listening to Black and Right. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Alongside my guest co-host today, Matty Pods. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Thanks so much for joining Black what's and Right. What's up, today. John Tony? What's going on, my friend? <laughs> yeah, we got we got some cool guests here today, right? I mean, we just talked to a state rep from Montana. Yes. We've got we've got one from Pennsylvania. We've got a state rep, soon to be state senator from Illinois. We got a rock a nut we got another uh, state rep from Illinois. It's going to be fun to kind of find out what the, the rest of the country is thinking without having to hear it through the filter of uh, CNN or Fox or ABC. I want to know what regular folks are thinking down on the ground, don't you? And, and, and you're, you're exactly right. And that's one of the reasons why I, um, I, uh, my good, do you know Dennis Cook from Strive Strategies? Do you know him? Yeah, not super well, but yeah, I'm aware of him. So I, re- I reached out to him because I, I, I had, a, I hung out with uh, our next guest uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and I said, hey, I got to get I got to get somebody from uh, a state that's right in line with Illinois, because I want to see how they're handling what's going on with coronavirus and how, you know, just to compare and contrast what's happening in Illinois. And so he said, um, I got somebody for you. And I was like, OK. And he was like, um, let me give him a call. Hold on. And joining us today, all the way from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I should say, State Representative Michael Puskeri. Mike, what's going on, Representative? How are you doing? John, how are you today? I'm doing well. Um, I, I noticed because I, you know I I wish you would have you, you know could stay a little longer with us because you know I'm 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 a little sad, but that's okay. Um, but to the point, 
I, I saw that you guys, someone in um, from uh, one of the counties had to uh, change the numbers to, uh, to take away 200-some deaths from the COVID death-related um, role. What, what happened? What transpired with that? So what we're starting to see is a, a lot of politi- uh, political games starting to happen, <clears throat> particularly with the death numbers. Uh, Governor Wolf and his administration, to be fair, you know, they, they had quite a, uh, an issue to try to you know, address off the, uh, right off the bat. Um, but the reality is the personal protective equipment, it's either uh, where it needs to be or it's on delivery at this point. Um, and really at this point, there's really no justification for the shutdown. Our numbers are declining. And I think what they're starting to do um, is because the numbers aren't trending in the way that they want them to, they're starting to um, beef them up by including people who aren't necessarily uh, confirmed cases of COVID. They may have been an elderly person that uh, may have had some symptoms, but they may have died of, you know, um, uh, something else that uh, may have been going on, uh, you know, a pre-existing condition, if you will. Yeah. And that's, it's, 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 I mean, that's pretty much happening throughout the country too. And and I've, I've been saying, you know, I've, I've been getting ridiculed because I've been saying it, but you, you're, you're hyping in this hysteria, his hysteria with these 50 some thousand deaths. But how many of those deaths actually had to do with somebody physically actually dying from the coronavirus? Right. Matt, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it, it, that's my question really is, is Pennsylvania doing anything different than Illinois or, or is this really just a numbers game? Pennsylvania has a much larger population than Illinois. Um, I see here the latest confirmed deaths is 1,492. Is everybody counting it the exact same way? You know, that's my first part of my question. My second part of my question is like, just for the average folks kind of wondering, like, what does this stay-at-home order mean in, in Pennsylvania? For example, are people allowed to go jogging? Are they allowed to go get a haircut? And are they out, outside playing basketball when it's nice out? Because here in Illinois and in Chicago, they tore the rims down. There's, there's like no activity allowed here in Chicago. So I'm just curious, if that, what's life like down on the ground in Pennsylvania? So on the, uh, the latter part of that question, um, you know, folks for the most part are pretty much hunkered down here in PA. Um, I live in uh, the suburbs of southwestern PA just outside of Pittsburgh. Um, so our number of cases in the southwestern portion of the state are not very bad at all. Uh, predominantly in the southwest, the majority of our cases are um, isolated to nursing homes um, where the population is substantially older. Um, so we are having to try to monitor that. But uh, for the most part, you know, people are out, they're taking a walk, taking their dog for a walk, um, just trying to get some fresh air. But uh, I know everybody's itching to get back at work uh, at, at this point. Um, and to your first point, you know, as far as the numbers and you know, overall, um, for PA, like I said, uh, the western portion of the state really is not being impacted all that well um, by this uh, by this uh, virus. Um, out east in the Philadelphia area, the population density is a little bit stronger, um, and they, they just seem to not have uh, been able to uh, really corral this virus early on. Um, now, even with that being said, I think you're starting to see the trends go in the right direction. Yeah, um, but you know, particularly for some of those counties that haven't been impacted. Hey, hey representative, 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 are, are you guys working hand in hand with the governor, or is he is he making a lot of decisions without a lot of your input? You got thirty seconds to answer the question. Is 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 it is it a, a mutual respect there, or is he just making unilateral decisions? So the lines of communication have been open between the general assembly and the governor's office. 
I will tell you, though, there was a point that uh, a lot of us were cut off in that conversation whenever he started relying on some of the other governors from the surrounding states. Most notably, a lot of those were very liberal states, so we were a little bit, uh, felt like we were disenfranchised by that decision. Okay. There you have it. State Representative Matt Piscarek, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, I'm going to have you back on because there's some stuff that I want to talk to you about. Uh, at a later show, if you can, um, we can do this. If you, if you game, you game. Absolutely, John. All right, man. Hey, um, we got to meet up at Dennis's um, this summer, hopefully. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll bring some cigars for you. Let's do it, baby. Thank you so much. The State Representative Matt hey, Piscara from Pennsylvania 39. Thank you. Um, coming up next, um, we uh, Matt and I discuss all of the stuff that we just talked about. We'll, we'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me today is my good friend, and I mean, he, we and he and I are really becoming good and fast friends because we've been going back and forth. We, we did a debate, a Senate debate together. Uh, Matt Podgorski. Matt, welcome to Black and Right, buddy. John, this is a lot of fun. I appreciate you letting me uh, co-host your show here. It's moving fast, right? It's flying. It's, it's you know. <laughs> I hope it's as fun for everybody listening as it is for uh, for you and I. Yeah, I, I hope so too. But you know, I, I wasn't going to deal with this because you know, um, I wasn't going to deal with it. But I said to myself, you know, we got a little filler of time left here. Um, why don't we just deal with this? And if you know what I'm talking about, you know. You know, the media. I, I do. The I media. want to hear it. I, I want to hear, hear this, John, the, the, because everybody's freaking out on both sides. I you know what? I'm not going to even lead up. I'm just going to let. Okay, I'll lead up to it. So basically, people are saying that Trump told people to ingest um, disinfected bleach and Lysol into the system to, to fight Corona. So Trump is sometimes he's inartful in how he delivers what he's trying to say. And I, you can tell that he was having this conversation behind closed doors and he came out. And, and, and I'm going to play Trump, but I'm also going to play somebody else to put it in a broader perspective. So I ask Bill a question that probably some of you are thinking of if you're totally into that world, which I find to be very interesting. So supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. Still waiting for him to say inject um, Lysol and bleach yet, though. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or? Almost a cleaning, because you see it gets on the lungs, and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that, so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. Now, did you hear that last part? Did you, now, all you hear is him saying the disinfectant. All the, the media, they're all reporting, all the disinfectant, disinfect. But did you hear that last part? You're going to have to get medical doctors to even do any of this. Did you hear any of that being reported when he said it, uh, Matt? No, I... I you know, <laughs> every time I hear people freak out about anything Trump says, I always take it with a grain of salt, and then I listen to it myself. And I really tried to to put myself in somebody else's shoes and really and really 
have empathy for inappropriateness of his comments. And, and I just don't see it. Yeah. Isn't an infection a bad thing? Yeah. What do you use to disinfect infections? Yeah. There's a lot of things. You can use Lysol to disinfect things. You can wash your hands. Or you can take antibiotics. Right. Antibiotics are a disinfectant. You have an infection and you treat that infection with antibiotics. Or, or some could argue that drugs like chemotherapy are a disinfectant. He didn't say use household cleaning <laughs> supplies. You. He didn't imply that. And I, I, the, the problem is the media is so in the tank against yeah. this guy. And, and people have become intellectually lazy, let's be honest. I agree. And people barely even finish headlines, let alone read the article or watch the original source. And unfortunately, a lot of our kids are getting their news on TikTok or whatever it's called now, Musical.ly, TikTok. and. Yeah and uh, Instagram and, and all that stuff. And they just heard that Trump told people to drink Lysol. Doug and I just um, had that same conversation right before the show happened. Am I right, Doug? Preach, my brother. <laughs> preach. Stand <laughs> behind the pulpit and get there, it. <laughs> We've got to pass there's it off much more I want to say. I have to be careful because I do have to maintain some sort of a social <laughs> status here in, in, in society. But, That's fine. But there, there is such a thing as thinning the herd. And uh, no, I shouldn't have said Uh-oh. that. But... but <laughs> But, <laughs> Matt Podgorski said there, that, there, not John Anthony. <laughs> Darwin is your friend. Warning labels. Yeah, there's a reason why there's warning labels on bleach. Do not ingest. Correct. Okay, so I understand the president sometimes doesn't take into account how his thing, how what he says might totally be interpreted, correct. nor does totally. he care. And and people are packages. And with Donald Trump, you get a package. He's a 72 year old man. He's probably not going to change. And is he going to think every consequence through of what he says before he says it? He right. is not. So, um, so but Matt, to try to imply that, yeah. Oh, but, 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 you know, now, now, now let me pro- provide a little uh, context for what, why he said what he said. So William Bryan is the undersecretary for the Department of Homeland Security. And right before Trump got up to speak, William Bryan was saying this. But you get outside and it cuts down to a minute and a half. Very significant difference uh, when, it, when it gets hit with UV rays. So, he, so you heard Trump talking about UV rays. Then he talked about um, Undersecretary of uh, William Bryan for the DHS said this. We're also testing disinfectants readily available. We've tested bleach. We've tested isopropyl alcohol on the virus, specifically in saliva or in respiratory fluids. And, and I can tell you that bleach will kill the virus in five minutes. Isopropyl alcohol will kill the virus in 30 seconds. And that's with no manipulation. No rubbing, just spraying it on and leaving it go. You rub it and it goes away even faster. We're also looking at other uh, disinfectants, specifically looking at the COVID-19 virus in saliva. Oh, so Trump wasn't the one that even brought up the conversation about bleach and disinfectants. It was the uh, William Bryan, who's undersecretary of the Department of Homeland Security, who's dealing a lot with this when it combating against this uh, coronavirus. Oh, Matt, do you hear anybody? So bureaucrats and medical professionals, people that are experts and specialists in what they do or generalists in what they do, were saying that. I thought we were supposed to listen to the experts. Isn't that guy an expert? Isn't aren't we supposed to listen to folks like him? I thought that's what we were supposed to do, John. Um, you know, that's what that's what the left and the, the regressive have been saying. But hey, you're listening to Black and Right. Hey, I, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go to Facebook and Twitter. Like J. Anthony Speaks, follow me. Matt, you got a, you got a Twitter or Facebook handle? Boy, jeez, uh, I, I don't know. I, NWSGOP, maybe? There it I is. I really don't handle that stuff. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. 
like that. Look at Doug. Doug, I love it when you're here. You, you and George, you and Hop Daddy, jam, boy. It's all about the music, man. That's it's all, all about the music. It's all about the music. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I am your host, live in studio, John Anthony. Uh, joined today by Matt Pogorski. Uh, he's the club president of the Northwest Side GOP. Uh, I, I'm telling you, they are doing a lot of great work over there uh, in Chicago, and I really believe um, I, I really believe the rebirth of Illinois is going to come from that whole area. I mean, you got Aaron Delmar right over there next to him. I think you guys have the opportunity to really shift and change the state of Illinois, Matt. Well, I appreciate that. All we got to do is uh, get through this uh, corona epidemic, and then we can get back to uh, – everyday real life right and get back on that momentum swing we were on right before this thing hit that's true and you know you know you know we before we went to break we were talking about uh you know trump and the disinfectant you know did you see that usa today article written by michelle rogers who talked about um hospitals get paid more if patients are listed as covid19 and on ventilators sure they're going to absolutely and they're going to err on the side of what are they going to do if you were if you are positive for corona Post-mortem, you died from corona. I, I don't pretend to be an expert, but it, isn't every corona? I, I, I don't know. I'm asking. Isn't any, every coronavirus death also complemented by some other uh, underlying symptoms, condition? Some other ailment? Yes. Yeah, so whether an underlying condition or some other ailment, yeah. right? It kind of like with HIV is you Correct. don't die from AIDS, you die from something else because your immune system. A common cold. You can. Not from, trying to. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to. to you know, uh, un- underplay the importance of this. I just, uh, I'm curious, like, do, do other illnesses get washed away? Does it show both um, types of death as causes of death? I, I, I'm curious how that all works. And how, I wonder how much game playing is happening in these hospitals. Correct. And, and, you know, and, and I talked about it last week and I got beat up. And I, even on Instagram, somebody beat me up because I had, an, I had this thing called an opinion. Uh, you, know, you know, people that are on the right, we can't have our opinions. But those on the left, they can say, do and do whatever they want, but if somebody on the right has an opinion, it's, it's you're shunned, you're shamed. Uh, you can't have that opinion. You can't think like that because you want Granny to die. You want all these people to die, you know. But I, I can get on my 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 um, high horse. But you know, one of the reasons why um, uh, another reason why I had you on, uh, Matt, because like I said, I really think you guys are doing a great job, and you guys got a lot of talent. And when it comes to somebody who I think will have a, a, a huge say on the state scene and maybe the federal scene at some point is um, uh, the, the next guest in our, in our next um, sec, um, sec, hour two, Amy Kesson. I think she's going to be somebody that could really, 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 really be a good um, person to run, even as a, a lieutenant governor candidate. What do you think? I, I, look, I, I had to twist Amy's arm to come on the show today and talk to us. She... She's every bit as smart as I am, more talented than me, and she's got all that going on. Plus, she's got a filter that I don't have, some natural. <laughs> and that probably comes from her profession. She's a sergeant of police with the Chicago Police Department. And so she's forced to have a filter that I maybe don't have to have. And so you put her in the mix, you know, and we'll talk more about her and I'll embarrass her a little bit. But, you know, she she had no ambition to run for public office. And that's the type of person I want running for public office is somebody who doesn't want to be in public office. If somebody's lifelong dream was to be in public office, that scares me a little bit. I'm I'm automatically my antennas go up. And but she never did. And, uh, you know, we talked her into it and said, we need you. Um, and, uh, you know, she represents the Republican Party well. And that's one of the things we talked about very early is we've got to put good candidates up. You've got to give people a reason to believe. And it's not going to, you know, how, how many years have our problems been created here in Illinois, oh, you know, in Chicago? A hundred, 
you know, you can you could argue 40 in Illinois and 100 locally. You're not going to unwind that knot in, in one cycle, John. It's going to take true. a few. So <laughs> that that's the goal here. And we're looking forward to talking to Amy Kessem. That's awesome. Uh, so, more about that. Hey, yeah. don't go anywhere. Please don't go anywhere. This second hour is all Illinois-focused. Uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Amy Kessem. Uh, up, up and coming star. We're going to be talking with State Representative Darren Bailey, who filed a lawsuit against Pritzker. We're also going to be talking to State Representative John Cabello about Pritzker releasing um, uh, prisoners. We'll be right back. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. I am your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Go share the link, like the page, Black and Right Radio. Uh, give me a like on Twitter and Facebook at, and Instagram. Sorry, Tanil. At J. Anthony Speaks and Babat, leave me alone. Uh, joining me, <laughs> Babat, that's, that's my sister. Um, joining me at home, at his home, is Northwest Side GOP pre- pre- Club President Matt Pogorski. Matt, welcome to Black and Right, buddy. I'm having a lot of fun, John. I appreciate you having me on. And I'll tell you, this second hour of the two hour show is, is in my mind, and I think I might be right about this, is the future of the Republican Party in Illinois. Yes. Um, you know, we, we, we took a bath. We got beat uh, in 2018 pretty bad, and a lot of people gave up. But there's, there's hope and there's optimism. And our next four guests, we have Ian Kessem. Then we have State Rep Darren Bailey, uh, State Rep John Cabello, who's a very young man, and uh, I believe he was a, a detective of police. Uh, and then we have Richard Porter, who is our, our national committeeman, four very smart people. And I think they're I, I know they're going to be leading the Republican Party uh, in, in this coming next couple of cycles. So I'm totally super excited to you. have them. And, and yeah, and Amy Kessem is actually up right now. So Amy is the vice president of our uh, Northwest Side GOP club. She's a sergeant of police, uh, which gives her an automatic street cred. Uh, she's got a long resume. She just was appointed vice, first vice chair of the Chicago Republican Party. Uh, she she was on TV uh, quite a bit uh, two years ago. She ran for state rep against Rob Martwick, the uh, gentleman who decided to give us the progressive income tax, or at least uh, proposed it. Uh, but But more recently, her most recent claim to fame is she just took out for a Republican committeeman race, which normally are not paying attention to. That's true. She just took out a a household name in Republican politics named the McAuliffe's uh, going back to uh, Roger McAuliffe, who was a state representative for 20 plus years and Michael McAuliffe, who was a state representative and committeeman for 24 years. And Amy decided to step up and allow the Northwest side GOP club to continue to expand and grow and ran against this uh, entrenched incumbent, which everybody, including yourself, John, you have to admit said, there's almost no way we I can did. do it, right? It's going to be really, 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 I didn't even know if we can do it. Amy ran against Michael McAuliffe up in the 41st Ward, and she didn't just beat him. She beat his butt. She beat him by 21 points. And, uh, you know, a lot of that uh, excitement, unfortunately, got washed away with all the news of corona. But uh, we're super excited to have the uh, the next rock star of the Republican Party, Amy Kessel, on the line with us. Amy? Hi, guys. Hi, Hi John. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to use that a lot now, I can tell. 
<laughs> I call I call Matt Todd's once in a while when he does something that's irritating. To Ooh, me. thanks. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, I got it right, Matt. <laughs> you nailed it, Amy. Tell us, tell us what, how in the world did I and others draft you from your comfortable life of uh, working for the police department, uh, where not everything you said publicly was constantly criticized. And you didn't have the stress of having to go out and get signatures and knock on doors. How, how in the world did we convince you to do that? What what motivated you to say yes? Uh, you know, I just kept, uh, you know, being involved in the Northwest IGOP Club. And, and, you know, seeing that our rights as citizens are being trampled on on a daily basis is really what prompted me. And looking into my children's eyes, and knowing that, you know, I can make a difference is really what prompted me to want to do it. Um, you know, we have a huge problem uh, that is slowly creeping into our neighborhood. We have this little group called the Progressives in our I area. I labeling What's that? I call them regressives. Yeah, regressives. <laughs> they're, they're trying to label us as extremists. And the Northwest Side GOP Club is not made up of extremists. They're made up of the average James and Joes of our neighborhood who just want common sense laws. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what is extreme. What is extreme is using taxpayer money to fund late-term abortions, meaning that where they, it's a high likelihood that the child can live outside a mother's womb if they're just delivered. Uh, you know, that's extreme. Having your property taxes cost more than your monthly mortgage is extreme forcing our police officers to stop people from walking down a sidewalk unless they have an ID that proves that they live there, which just happened, you know, just two weeks ago. Those things are extreme. So to label us as extreme is just absurd. Yeah. We're just we're just average citizens who just want common sense laws that allows us to live our lives without government infringing our rights on a daily basis. And you know what? That's 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 great, especially because because so many people. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say where you work, but so many people they they look at cops when cops are running for office, and as if they're the cops are all about taking away people's rights. Cops don't take away people's rights. Cops enforce the laws that legislators pass in Springfield or city ordinances that the cities uh, create. So I mean, I when, 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 uh, Matt will tell you, I reached out to him. I said, "Hey, um, you guys got a good candidate when you ran back in." Um, and for state representative, are, are you looking at, have, have you, you know, has the bug hit you yet to run for anything else? <laughs> that, that question was asked of me in a, uh, a candidate debate um, for um, the, the 41st Ward um, uh, committee men race. Is, it would, am I using it as a stepping stone? They, they weren't so much asking me, but they were asking the Democrat candidates because that was a rumor that was going around about the Democrat candidates. Listen, I, I'm completely open to running for another office in the future. You know, obviously we have to look at, you know, the mapping, what that looks like. Matt's a huge numbers guy, which is extremely helpful when looking at these races and considering whether we're even going to have, you know, any luck in, in, in winning. But, you know, you brought that up at the beginning of the show, too. You know, we, we can't just give these people a free free ride. We have to challenge them and we have to hold them accountable for what they're doing. That's true. Matt? Yeah, no, a Amy, I, I'm sure the listeners would love to hear a little bit about, so John's been bragging about the Northwest Side GOP Club and we're, the, we're getting it right and all that stuff. Do me a favor, tell us one of the things you promised as new 41st Ward committeeman 
a Republican committeeman, the last committeeman wasn't ever willing or wanted to do was to run candidates for office in districts that are traditionally difficult, not impossible, but difficult. So tell us a little bit about the candidates that you helped recruit run for the legislature up on the northwest side of Chicago, if you would. Sure. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, two very great candidates that are members of our organization. We have Anthony Beckman, who is a Norge police officer and also the president of the union. Um, He's running for state senate in District 10. A great candidate, just definitely wants to, um, you know, work with both sides, you know, in both sides of the aisle. He wants to represent everyone. That's been his motto from the beginning. Um, He doesn't want to play these partisan politics anymore. He just wants the same as what I just said, common sense laws. Uh, Jeff Neufeller is a um, a detective of police. Uh, He's another great candidate. He's running for Illinois State uh, representative in House District 19, which is the the district that I ran in in 2018. So both great candidates. Um, we are also, we've decided to support the candidate who's running for uh, U.S. Senate, Mark Curran. Great guy. Yes. Um, I really have a lot of respect for him. Very intelligent, conservative fellow um, who I just, I, I'm gro- is growing more and more on me. And then we have Patrick O'Brien, who is running for Cook County State's attorney. And listen, guys, a lot of people helped us throughout the city. I mean, we had, we had, you know, Darren, Darren Jones come all the way from the 8th, 8th district, come up, or, you know, to 18th, 18th war, come up to help us in our race. People wow. from all over the city want to get involved. And, you know, our organization, the Chicago GOP, is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And we have things that people can do. They just need to reach out to us and, and we'll set them up. Yeah, no doubt about it. And one of those candidates, Amy, that you helped recruit as a friend of ours, Anthony Beckman, he's running for state senate. There's kind of been this circle, uh, uh, almost circus act going on on the northwest side lately. Rob Martwick was your opponent. He's a Democrat state rep in House 19. He decided that he wanted to be uh, promoted. So the state senator resigned to become an appointed judge. Rob Martwick was then appointed to become the senator, and then somebody else was appointed to backfill him. So nobody's been elected up here on the northwest side of Chicago. And as we're kind of wrapping up here, I wanted to close with and thank you, Amy, for, for all your hard work on the northwest side of Chicago. It's a thankless job in recruiting a guy like Anthony Beckman, who, by the way, is a cancer survivor. Oh, wow. And he's not scared of coronavirus, and he's <laughs> definitely not scared of Mike Madigan or Rob Martwick. So got a strong group up there, Amy. Keep, what, keep up what you're doing. Keep your head up. Um, I know you're not ambitious, but I think people are going to insist that you continue to push forward with your political career because we need folks like you representing the center-right uh, cause out there in Illinois. Thanks so much for Thank joining you Black so and Right. Thank you so much, gentlemen. I appreciate the support. No problem. Thank you so much for joining Black and Right, Amy. So, hey, guys. All right, buckle up. Buckle up. State Representative Darren Bailey joins us in the next segment to talk about his lawsuit against Christian. But I also want to talk about uh, his day of prayer yesterday. I thought that was amazing. I thought I really thought that was awesome. Uh, you're listening to Black and White on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me today is Maddie Pods. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. Welcome back to Black and White on AM 560 The Answer. I am your I am your host, John. I was going to say guest host. I am your host, John Anthony. Joining me by way of phone is today's guest co-host, Matt Pogorski. Matt, um, are you ready for this interview? 
Um, I really don't want to. Yeah, waste I'm ready. Did you just did you just demote yourself though? I did, I did, but that's okay. The, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, you know that's no, what, this, this, <laughs> that's what your, happens your next, when you have a slight guess, stroke. Yeah. <laughs> your quarter stroke. You, you know, we shouldn't joke around about no, that. No, I did. Yeah, I got to no, say, I, gonna, I had a stroke. Gonna, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. So I you didn't know, know that. Yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to catch up on that. Please. So, 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 your next guest. You know, I'll let you do the intro on it. But I got to say, I'm going to plug this for him. If we don't see this guy as a leader in the Republican Party in the next, you know, couple of cycles, I'm going to be really surprised. So I, I, I wanted to throw that in there because I really do. Uh, you know, um, try to keep my ear to the ground and yeah. see which way the wind's blowing within the parties. And this guy is the real deal. And that next guest is, I mean, I don't want to waste any more time, is, is State Representative Darren Bailey uh, from the 109th Legislative District. Uh, Representative Bailey, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, good afternoon, Illinois. It is awesome. Honored to be here. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for all the hospitality when I went down there to meet a lot of, I mean, to go and hang out with a lot of my family. You you, you showed a lot of hospitality to me, allowing allow me to come and, and, and join your um, your little get-together there. That was, it was really, it was really, it touched me when I left. So I wanted to say thank you. You are welcome anytime, and I'll be irritated if you come and don't let me know you're in town. <laughs> Will do. So let's talk about it. The big thing. You've been all over the news. Uh, State Representative Darren Bailey files a lawsuit against the Prisker administration. Please talk to us about it. What is it? What is it? And what does it mean? Why is it important to the the, uh, the people that are listening in? Well, it's important to the people because uh, you know, as as uh, you know, I've been a state representative now officially for a year and a half, and and I I, I got into this because I'm, I'm sick and tired of our freedoms and liberties and and our and our money and everything else being taken away from us and. And it just doesn't seem like, like you said, as I heard you guys talk earlier, the, the Republican Party is asleep, and, and so are many of the conservatives yeah. across the state, and we have got to wake them up. But you know what? And nobody's going to follow uh, you know, if, if they don't have a leader and if they don't have a group of people that they trust and believe in. So, uh, you know, this lawsuit, it's, uh, it's, on, it's, uh, it's on my behalf, me personally as a citizen, and okay. not, as a, uh, not as a state representative, and it's simply uh, – it uh, simply challenges uh, the governor on behalf of me that uh, I want my rights and freedoms back and that he has absolutely no authority uh, with these executive orders because his any authority that he had to make any executive order, uh, which uh, many of these executive orders don't hold any weight as far as uh, uh, as far as any enforcement is concerned. Yeah. But uh, they, they ended on, on, on uh, April 9th. So, you know, the first, uh, so, so back then, we're still trying to go back into the video audio files and find this. I've heard 1987, I've heard 1977, I've heard the early 80s, but somewhere that exists, and we will find that soon, but this Emer- Emergency uh, uh, Management Act, uh-huh. these powers that were given, that were actually, they were limited to the governor. Yes. Uh, that, that was the whole purpose of this, that they, they would not exceed 30 days, period, end of story. And uh, that's why you have three co-equal branches of government. So it's time for the uh, legislature to uh, act like the legislature and do their job and in, in acting any laws that need to be taken place. Yeah. So, so that's what this uh, that's what this uh, contests. It contests that anything and everything that he has done uh, after uh, April 9th is uh, unconstitutional and an overreach of his authority. And uh, so, so it'll be interesting to see what. Uh, uh, what becomes of that? We're looking looking like uh, right now uh, the hearing is scheduled for one thirty on Monday. Here, uh, as soon as I get off of your uh, get off of this interview, I think they're going to be calling the uh, judge and uh, 
and Governor Pritzker's team is going to be uh, talking, the Attorney General's office actually is going to be talking about uh, an extension. Um, so anyway, I just hope and pray that is not offered. Uh, the judge will decide that. So um, we'll move on from there. So, Rep- Representative Bailey, this is Matt Podgorski. Thanks for coming on, and thank you on behalf of all Illinoisans for filing for filing this suit individually. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you. Are are you scared? Are you concerned? And, and, and what do you think is driving what seems to be people's complete indifference to even questioning uh, our, our executive, both the state level and the local level's authority here? I, I, I hear almost nothing out of people saying, can he do that? Is he allowed to do that? Isn't that a violation of my rights, whether they're civil rights or God-given rights or statutory rights? I, I hear very little. A, does that concern you? And B, what, what's driving that? Is this just a cultural yeah. problem? Is this a lack of education? What, what is going on in this state, in this country? I believe it's cultural, that cultural and education and communication. I mean, where is the Republican Party, uh, <laughs> you know, hammering this message across the airwaves that, uh, that this is not right? And instead, we continually hear, you know, well, I'm okay with this, and I'm okay with that. But, uh, no, you'll see a message from me if you dig back far enough on March 9th when the very first yep. executive order I was asked, I challenged, I just simply asked a question in the news news release, and I just said, I want to know, you know, I am questioning this authority. And, uh, and of course, Springfield and and much of the Chicago media chastised that comment, you know, who's this redneck hick from Southern Illinois, who's he think he is, asking (laughs) these silly questions. You kind of got to. Well, that's right. So, you know, as as this has uh, taken motion, and, and I've been very vocal in the last several months, and now I hear from the people who are scared, who are fearful, and they're and they're literally scared for their life. They're just simply trusting in in in, in what they're listening to. And and so far, everything that we've been told has been wrong. And, yep. and our economy is setting and and, and, and self destructing. And, and now we're hearing, you know, Dr. Foster a few days ago said, you know, well, this could rise back up in the uh, in the uh, in the fall. I mean, we are Americans. We get past this stuff. We're smart. We adapt. We move Come on. on. And that's exactly what I, you know, me personally, that's what I believe. And I'm telling you, that's what the, that's what the majority of my district believes as well. Let's, let's figure this out. Uh, we cannot, we, we, have, we are creating a second to the financial pandemic oh, that is going God. to be exceedingly worse than and, this health and representative, pandemic. And Representative, I, I really, I, I think that's a, that has a lot to do with the, the extension. But, but I want to ask a question because um, um, Kirk Allen from um, the um, Edgar County Watchdogs, who I had on the show last week, Kirk had a question. He says, why is the governor not reporting recovery numbers? Why is it that IDPA shows zero testing in every county in the state? They show a total tested figure for the state but have zeros in every block for every county. I mean, you're making these decisions. You're making these policy decisions on data data that, I mean, and you're not being forthcoming with with the people. I mean, it kind of makes it hard for us to want to to, to even abide by what he's saying. So can you answer that um, that question from Kirk? No, I, I think it's obvious. I mean, you don't. Why, why tell the truth? Because the truth is going to settle a lot. So tell what you want to tell. Spread what you want to spread. I, I, I have watched every one of these uh, of, of the governor's press releases, and and I know there's some radio stations that play them, and and then right after uh, Doctor Enzike's uh, uh, first immediate uh, uh, message, and they they cut off. But the most important part of these uh, press conferences is when the press begins to ask questions. And I am embarrassed at how many times I hear 
they, they never answer the question. Correct. The, the doctor is to the point, she's sitting there carrying a stack of paper. She knows, and, and I believe this question has been referenced before, and, and I'll, I'll have to get back with you. I, I don't have those exact numbers with me right now. No, there's a, there, this is concerning. I mean, you know, I believe these people are, I, I, you know, this, this seems almost like a socialistic experiment. Oh, come on. Living. I believe these people are doing what they think is the best interest. I, I think I think within what they're doing, they they, they, they think they're doing the right thing. Right. Uh, they're just bad leaders, and this is not what Illinois needs. Hey, right hey, hey, Representative, Representative, I, I want to get your, I, we have 45 seconds, but I want to get your, your opinion, because I saw the interview that, that was done on you. They gave the governor more airtime, but really didn't give you your time. But Governor Prisca said this. I think that a lawsuit about uh, whether or not this is an emergency um, is, uh, you know, is a, uh, a political maneuver uh, at a time when we probably shouldn't be uh, dealing with politics, but rather simply addressing the emergency that no matter what political party you belong to, that you are subject to. So a fight for our rights is a political thing? totally sidestepped the whole Come issue on. of the lawsuit on top of that. So, yes. Yeah. Now, I've been accused of that of the liberal media, but the once you, you know me, yes. John, and once people get to know me, uh, they understand my passion, and they understand the fight that's in me, and that, that I don't do something unless I intend to win, unless I intend business, and that's just that's how it's going to be. Well, well you know what, uh, State Representative Dan Bailey, who's also running for Senate, thank you so much, and I really believe what Matt said. You are a rising star and I would love to at one day see you down there at the um, the governor's mansion because I really believe uh, you're somebody that the state needs. And I, I thanks so much for joining Black and Right. You're the man. Well, God expands the territory, and I'll follow. So thank you so much. Amen. Great questions, Matt. Matt, that was that was that was a really 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 good segment. Uh, you listen in the Black and Right on AM five sixty. The answer. Don't go anywhere. State representative. And police officer detective joins us next. John Cabello. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Listening to Black and Right on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me at his house, probably with his with his toes very nicely kicked up, is Northwest Side GOP Club President Matt Podgorski. Matt, welcome to Black and Right. Thanks, John. And I thought I asked you to put some James Brown on for our lead in. I feel good. All right. There we go. So, I mean, that was a, I really enjoyed that interview with um, Representative Bailey, um, I, and, and I totally agree with your assessment of, of the people that are on this show. Uh, they are strong leaders. They're people that the party in this state needs. And the guy that I'm, I'm going to introduce next was actually my seatmate uh, when I served in the um, Illinois General Assembly. Uh, he's a uh, Rockford area detective. He's a state representative. He was the first, first elected official. Uh, a state representative that came out in strong support of President Trump, and he took a lot of heat for it. And when I saw how he handled that, I knew then that this guy was a, a, a very strong leader and somebody that, that this state needed. I want to welcome to the black and white crowd my friend, my brother, 
John, Representative John Cabello. Welcome to Black and Right, bro. Hey, what's happening? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Well, we're trying to uh, live through the uh, interesting times that we're living in right now. Yes, and I saw I saw um, a couple of articles where, and I immediately thought of you, and, and I went straight to your Facebook page, and you had already had everything up there. And, and what I'm talking about is the governor. Now, did he pardon or commute all of the sentences, or did he do a mixture of both? And, and uh, We're trying to find that out, because believe it or not, um, as proud as he is of doing this, he, he refuses to answer any questions about it. Wow. Even though he did it pretty quietly. You would think that he'd be proud of it. and right. uh, But no, refuses to answer questions. Of, we've had to FOIA the governor's office and uh, IDOC. And so far, my FOIAs have been denied. So you as a sitting state representative can't get information so that you can take it back to the people who in your community may have been affected by it. I also saw that he didn't even contact the, 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 the local authorities, the policing department. It was Is that true as well, uh, Representative? Well, I can't uh, say that. Uh, I do know some of the communities have been notified. My question is, no offense to, to the police departments, but I want to know if the victim's families uh, have been notified. That's, very that's important. what I want to know about. And, 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 and As you know, they always forget about yep. the victims in Springfield. Yep. And, 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 and Representative, you used to always talk about that in, in judiciary, uh, the victims having to relive. Talk about why it's important for, the, for something like this, the governor should have reached out to the people who've been victimized by these people. Well, uh, the reason why, I mean, okay, so they've lost, uh, or let me rephrase that. A loved one was taken from them, and they were victimized. And now the person that did that is out. And the governor, J.B. Pritzker, victimized these families again. So what I'm trying to do is get a list of all of the names so that we can blast it out to the public, for one, public safety, but really uh, the absolute reason is so that the victim's families know uh, that the person that violently murdered their family member is now out walking the streets while everybody else has to be quarantined at home. Wow. Matt? And by the way, I found yeah. a new list. As of uh, yesterday, there has been 47 murderers released by this, uh, uh, I guess I'll call him governor. Really? Go ahead, Matt. Representative Cabello, yeah, what is his alleged justification? Well, you know, the actual root cause of what he's trying to do is hard to say, but is it, is, is it independent of anything that's going on with coronavirus? Is it just... He commuted their sentences and the timing and such. What is the justification he's at least given on paper or, or, or originally? He's not. He's not. He's refusing to answer. Apparently, in his uh, daily Trump bashing conferences that he has, um, he says, look, we're only releasing the elderly. We are only releasing the susceptible. I call BS. Yeah. I wish I could say the actual word. <laughs> no, don't. I don't I'll get, get you fined. Guys in trouble. I'll get fined. <laughs> and I don't. I don't want to do that. But I'm telling you, I know of one that's 28 years old. I know of an, another one that murdered his five-month-old son, served less than half of his prison term. I'm looking at one right now 
Um, Bobby Wilson. Bobby Wilson was admitted into the prison system on 818 of 16. Wow. For murder. Wasn't supposed to be released until November 15th of 2049. Wow. Hey, hey, Representative, you hear that music? And this, this person was born in 1996. Tell me wow. that they were elderly and susceptible. We, we, we got to publicize these wait, names. Wait, hold on. Hey, guys, guys hey, hey, Representative, uh, we got to go to a break. Uh, I know you said you'll hold the line uh, over, over to the next segment. Uh, I got a couple of questions. I know Matt has a couple of questions. You're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Matt, there you go, buddy. John, I wish you had the video. I'm dancing right now in my kitchen. I'm moving. I, I, gave, I was pointing at you. Pop it back up. Come on, let's pop that back up. Welcome back. The Black and Right on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. I like to have a little fun. Doug, Doug and I, have, we love to have fun in here on the boards. It's got to happen. Yeah. It's got to happen. But it's, before, too, it's too serious outside these walls. It is, especially the subject matters we're dealing with today. Um, but before we uh, went to break, we were speaking with uh, State Representative um, John Cabello. I believe, John, you, you're from Chesney Park, right? That area? Yep. And I'm glad you took a break when you did. <laughs> I was getting pretty heated there. <laughs> but 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 before before I let you go though, John, I I really wanted because what can people that are listening in on this show what give them instruction? What can they do to assist you in what you're doing? Because I think this is a yeoman's job, and I think I think it's going to be a heavy lift. But it, I think we can make it easy on you. How can we help you? Contact your state representative, contact your senator, contact the governor's office, and demand that this stop. Uh, you know what, John? You know me. Yes. Um, I'm willing to work on a lot of things with the other side of the aisle. I'm willing to compromise on some nonviolent offenders that didn't hurt anybody else to, to make sure people are safe. And you've when done you it. When you start talking, when, when, we're, when we're releasing 47 murderers, I have a huge problem, and so should everybody that pays for all this, yeah. the taxpayer. Yeah, and you've, you've released a list of the ones that you, I saw on your Facebook page that you had a, a small list of those people, right? But you want to release the full, you want, the, you want to demand, you want them to demand that the full list of all those. Uh, oh, no, I'm going to. I'm doing it because nobody else is going to do it. So I'm uh, in the process of compiling that list. I do have 47 out of the 3,700 people that he's released so far since the beginning of the year, wow. I will have the 47 uh, names released in the press release, hopefully tomorrow or Monday. So, Representative, where can people follow you and keep up with so that people can, that, are, that are watching right now on Facebook Live, listening on AM560 Answers Radio Dial or iHeart, where can they follow you to, to, to keep up with what you're doing? Because I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people supporting you. The, the easiest way would be uh, through my Facebook page, which is John M. Cabello. Um, otherwise, uh, I, I think I'm, uh, my, my actual Facebook page, I can't have any more people on yeah. it. I guess I've hit a number. So we've, we're, we're putting everything on John M. Cabello okay. um, on Facebook. Otherwise, uh, you know, that's probably the easiest way okay. to, get, uh, to follow what we're doing. 
Well, Representative, uh, when this um, virus lifts up, I, I, I would love to have you come in and join me as a guest co-host in the studio. And uh, we tackle a lot of different uh, issues and areas that's happening in the state of Illinois. And I want to bring you on next time to talk all things Trump because you are you've, you, you're on part of the Trump's um, leadership team, correct? Well, we're, right now we're taking a back seat because finally there's some congressmen that are on board. Uh, you know, they weren't the first time around, um, but uh, we're still uh, helping and doing as much as we can. Um, but, yeah, we're more than welcome to come on in and, uh, you know, taking those tough questions on uh, uh, what's going on in the state and uh, on any other topic. John Cabela for U.S. Senate uh, running against Tammy Duckworth. I started the rumor right there here on Black and Right. Ah. <laughs> hey, Representative, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, come back anytime, okay? Open invitation. Thanks so much, Ed. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it immensely. Stay safe. No problem. You too. Matt, take it away. Okay, so our next guest is our our uh, federal um, uh, state, I guess we'll call National Republican Committeeman. So Richard Porter represents the whole state of Illinois to the National Republican Party. Thanks for joining us, Richard Porter. And I, 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 we're really tight on time, so i got to jump right into the question. Uh, so some people may or may not have seen Senator Harmon, who's the new Senate Majority Leader in Illinois, has written a letter to the Congress asking for a $42 billion bailout for the state of Illinois. And a big chunk of that money, I believe $10 billion, is for state pensions. How are you, and what in the world do you think about that letter? I'm doing great, and thanks for having me on. Because, I, I look, I think this is really a remarkable moment in the political history of Illinois. That letter was a remarkable piece of honesty from the Democratic leadership. Uh, it isn't just what they asked for. They asked for more than $40 billion. They asked for more than the, the state's entire budget as a bailout from the federal government. And by the way, it was more than $10, million, $10 billion. It was $20 billion when you, you know, take into account the, the uh, local wow. ask as well. But what was remarkable about it was the statement in the letter that they needed a bailout because paying for the pension is squeezing out programs for the people. And it tells you everything you need to know about Illinois. What that was, it was a request for the corrupt regime to be bailed out. It wasn't a request for the state to be bailed out. It was a request for the regime that's running Illinois and has for the last generation to be bailed out because they've run out of other people's money. And so they're now reaching for the federal money. And and the, the beautiful thing about what they admitted to was they're not running the government for the people, right? They're squeezing programs for the people. They're hollowing out the government in order to pay people to retire in their mid-50s. There are 20,000 people with pensions over $100,000. They're going to get a 3% raise this year. And that's the priority for the Democratic Party is protecting that right for those folks to receive that money. Wow. And Richard, you know what's incredible about all this? The brilliance of the move made by Mike Madigan and Cullerton and the Democratic Party is they have been making promises that they cannot keep for decades at the state and local level. And if Trump doesn't give them the money, this will be their new scapegoat. Now, it wasn't us. It was because of the coronavirus and Trump. And hey. that's the sad thing about all of this is I think the people just might fall for it. Hey, 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 hey uh, Mr. Uh, Chairman Porter, um, I call them chairman. Maybe I'm thinking of something. Hey, uh, hold the line. Uh, answer that question when we come back. You're listening to Black and White on AM560 Answer. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. 
Welcome back to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I am your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Joining me today is my guest co-host is Matt Pods. Matt, uh, go ahead with your question. Yeah, so again, we have uh, Richard Porter on, who's the uh, National Republican Committeeman. So he leads the Republican Party and represents us uh, at the RNC. And we were just talking about this incredible letter that Senator Don Harmon wrote, which basically admitted not only do we need money because of Corona, we need money because we haven't been properly funding pensions or paying for our liabilities. So, you know, isn't this almost like the perfect excuse and the perfect cover for these guys? This is almost a blessing in disguise for them, isn't it, uh, Richard Porter? Oh, it is. It is. Look, I mean, they're looking for anyone or anything to blame other than themselves for the financial condition of the state. And, uh, and what they want to do and, and uh, what they've done for years is hide what their true priorities are. And their priorities have been to use the state to feed the political coalition that they've built. And the state service to the people and, and uh, all the things you think about a government of the people, by the people, for the people. They've corrupted that, and they've turned it really into a government that serves the people and the government first and foremost. And uh, because they've promised so much, and because they've put away so little, it's now uh, the, you know the bills for that are coming due, and they simply can't pay it. And so they've been revealed for who they are uh, with this letter, and that they've bankrupted the state. Um, they've bankrupted themselves. Uh, and, and the only way out is ultimately going to be to try to take this regime down and make sure that we replace it with a, a government that focuses on services for the people. And there are ways you can fix this problem. Wow. Hey, you know what, Mr. Porter, um, hopefully one day you run for chairman of the state. Uh, you and I had a very good conversation back at the um, 2016 convention. I don't know if you remember. Yep. but uh, I do. One day I want to I I bring you in here as well, and we can have a discussion about the vision for this, for how do we bring Illinois back. Um, but uh, thanks so much for joining us on Black and Right. I've, you definitely have to come back on and, 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 and please talk about the vision of how we bring this state back. I think it was a good hire to bring Derek Murphy on as executive director. I, I love that kid. I've known him since he was, I believe, before high school or while he was in high school. So I thought that was a good hire by you guys. He's doing a great job. Yeah. So thanks, for, thanks so much for joining us, sir. Thanks, thanks Richard. So Appreciate you know, it. Okay, bye-bye. You know, you know, John, what's really interesting is, you know, we had we had state representative on from Montana. And, you, you know, I hope it I caught people's attention what he said, because he kind of slipped it in there. The state legislature in Montana meets for 90 days mm-hmm. every other mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. every other year. Big state of Texas, big yeah. developed state, huge state. They meet every other year in Illinois. These state reps make seventy thousand dollars a year for a yep. part time job, full benefits, full pension, plus stipends. Yeah. It's incredible. And I think one of the main reasons they're asking for the bailout isn't to protect pensions for everybody. Right. They're covering their own butts. Yep. These guys are banking on these pensions for these part-time jobs. And I don't think a lot of Illinoisans know that this, they, they've essentially legislated wealth for themselves for what is a part-time job. That's these it. guys all double dip. They have double, two or three jobs, as you know. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty disturbing. I wish more people would uh, pay attention. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, we're going to take the call from Brand. Brandon. Brandon, uh, reopen Illinois. Go. What's your comment? Hey. You got, hey John, you got 25 you seconds. I'm sorry, man. We had a loaded, a loaded show today. Go ahead. Well, how, how did oh, that reopen cool. go? Uh, well, well, I actually got a Brandon Solcar, my kid conservative, who just turned 18 here with me, and um, this young man kind of ran the rally. Uh, how many press people do we have out? Uh, we had about four or five different trucks. Uh, we had Fox 32, WGN, NBC, ABC, CBS. Wow. Uh, it just blew up, John. People are really paying attention. 
and I'll call you after the show, man. We had an outpouring of support. We're doing it again tomorrow. All right. Thanks so much, Brandon. Well, Matt, that's that's pretty much the show, buddy. Thanks so much for joining me, Matt. Uh, I want to thank uh, uh, State Representative um, John Fuller from Montana, State Representative um, Mike Puskarik from Pennsylvania, Amy Kessum, State Representative Dan Bailey, State Representative John Cabello, and Richard Porter. Uh, Matty Potts, thanks so much. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. You got We got to do this again. Um, God bless you, John. Yes. Let's do it again. Northwest Side GOP Club. Matt's the president. Hey guys, remember this is a show where it's okay to be to, to think different. To it's okay to support President Trump. But more importantly, if you're black, it's okay to be black and right. See you next week. Meow, meow, meow.